Is That Really in the Bible? presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. Okay. Um, recently, I was uh, on one of my videos, I made a comment on, on uh, wearing the mask. <laughs> and, uh, of course, what I've recently heard is that it has zero effect on the new variants of COVID. That's zero effect. And uh, I, I don't know, it was sort of the, when the whole thing started, it was, to me, it was almost an issue, of, and, and maybe that's something lacking today. Uh, it's called common sense. Uh, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, I've worn in our business dust mask if you're sawing or cutting using the big chop saw or the chainsaw thing where dust is flying everywhere and you put this mask on and then you take it off and you got a you got a dirt ring around your nose but what you still have is all that stuff is in your nostrils the dust so if, if it you know okay i'm supposed to believe that this thing is going to prevent a virus from passing through a dust mask is going to prevent that which which I think, for the most part, it was, it was just to make people feel better about themselves. And um, I've seen some strange examples, I'm sure you have too, of, of wearing masks. You know, you'll see the person alone in the car by himself. I was driving down the road, and, and here was a guy sitting on his deck with a mask. And I mean, there was nothing around. There, there was no houses. There was no house beside him, in front of him, behind him, or anything. And he's just sitting outside with his mask on. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm convinced that the people are so paranoid about this issue that, that there are going to be some people, when they die and they're laid out in that casket, they're going to have that mask on. I almost guarantee you that. Um, and, of course, it was... It was mandated by individual governors, and it was, you know, never written into law. I mean, it was not handed down from on high or whatever, thou shalt wear a mask or the, the government, you know, saying that. But the reason I, I mention this is because whatever I said about wearing a mask, someone made a comment on, on the video, and it said this. It said, mask wearing. Romans 13, verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resists the power resists the ordinances of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Now I admit this is a hard verse to, to understand. I'm going to admit that uh, right up front. It, because I mean, you read it and you think, For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinances of God. There's something about that verse, and I think it's perfectly okay to say this, to admit this to God. And I hope you've done this in your honesty before, to say, God, there's something about that that doesn't make sense to me. I'm not getting something. I'm not understanding. I do this all the time. There's a lot of scriptures I read that I just... I'm not getting it. I'm not, I'm not getting what you're trying to tell me here. And I don't understand this verse. And I must be missing something. Uh, I think it's okay to do that. Because since 1973, there have been 63 million abortions. Now, if you resist that decision, you're resisting the ordinances of God. Correct? Yep. You know, 
I'm out there with my picket signs. I'm saying I don't believe in abortion, but our government has, has said it's okay. Something's not clicking there, okay? Something's just not clicking. The powers that be are ordained of God. So is abortion ordained of God? No, of course not. Pornography is protected under the First Amendment as artistic free expression, if you can wrap your mind around that one. Nothing, nothing artistic about it. It's just filth, you know. But is pornography ordained by God? No, of course not. You would never say that. So we come to this verse, Romans 13, verse 1. Let every soul be subject to the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinances of God, ordinances of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Whew, boy. Now, on this, someone else quoted. Of course, I get good quotes, I get bad quotes. <laughs> well, this was a good one here. This person said, this one misunderstood passage, what passage? Romans 13 and verse 1, has led to more tyranny and mass genocide throughout the last 2,000 years than any other one tool of the enemy. I'm sure every dictator throughout history has used this passage to rally support for the very people he eventually kills. Yes, God does put evil people into power over us. But it's because of our hard hearts and our disobedience to his commandments. If we don't want to be ruled by evil men and live under a curse, then it's real simple. All right, it's real simple. All we have to do is look at 2 Chronicles 7 and verse 14 and do as it says. Now let's take a look at that. 2 Chronicles 7 and verse 14. You know the verse. It says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. You know, I look at that verse, that's 2 Chronicles 7, 7 and verse 14. I look at this verse and I think, could it be that simple? You know, I think it could be that simple. You know, I'm, I know we in the churches of God often have to say, well, no, wait a minute. You, you, you've got, I got the three biggies you got to be doing. You know, you got the you know, dietary laws and you got to keep the Sabbath, you got to keep the holy, holy days. And, and I'm not saying that's not important. But I think as a nation, if we would just say, God, and do what in the middle of this verse, turn from their wicked way. Just say, God, I am a sinner. Sure, I'm not convicted of everything that, that, that maybe, maybe we are convicted of. But I want to turn from my wicked ways. I want to turn to you, God. And I think if we did that, regardless of what bit of ignorance that we or they or we all have about knowledge of God, I think we could see a, a, a fantastic miracle take place among our people. Could it be that simple? Well, yeah, yeah, I think it could. However, if we elect stupid people to rule over us, then stupid is what we will be. <laughs> um, six million Jews died in the Holocaust, and they were, think about this, they were God's people. They were special to God. They were trusting God to deliver them. They prayed. They knew God would something, do something to alleviate 
the pain and suffering and ultimately deliver them from the gas chambers. Now, I'm not willing to say God didn't do anything. I think God works in mysterious ways. I think there's, there were, you can read about little, little, a lot of little miracles that, that God did. Schindler's List is a good example of that. A man has saved 1,200 Jews from the Holocaust. It's a powerful movie because at the end, when everything came, came down, you know, he looks at his ring and he says, you know, I could have sold that for $300. How many people could I save with that three, I could have saw, I got a car here I don't even need. I could have sold that car and saved more Jews. Powerful, you know, powerful ending to that movie. However, he, that's God, did do one thing that, that you need to be aware of, aware of. He allowed the freedom to surrender to the powers that be. He allowed the people to surrender to, the, to a tyrannical, evil government. He allowed them to do that. And, you know, history has a way of repeating itself. But first the people must be conditioned to accept government's authority. How might we be doing that today? <laughs> well, I'll let your mind wonder about that one, but you see examples of it all the time. Uh, now the question is, Okay, when do we obey government? When do we obey God? Well, we obey God all the time, do we not? When do we obey God over government? You know, if you look at Romans 13 as an absolute statement of blind obedience, I can, and blind obedience is something that I think a lot of Christians, you know, Lord, just tell me what to do. Okay, here, here, I'll tell you what to do. Surrender to the powers that be. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. If you use this as an absolute statement of blind obedience, you will end up regretting some things later on in your life. Now, I want to give you some rules to go by here as we, we journey down here and, you know, through this question. You know, when do we reject? You know, when do we, okay, we obey God, but when do, we, uh, when do we obey government? When do we not obey God over government or whatever? A rule to live by is this, Romans 12 and verse 18. I think we ought to start out with this, Romans 12 and verse 18. If it be possible, big if, if, <laughs> as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. If it's possible, try to put that as a goal. Put that up to the forefront of your mind. You know, if I can live at peace, because think about it, what do we all want? I want to live peaceably with all men. I don't like turmoil. I don't like resistance. I don't like controversy. I don't like, you know, maybe I don't like standing up. Maybe, maybe I'm cowardly in certain areas, you know, but, but you know, I would rather live peaceably. Uh, with my government. I really would. Someone said this, have you ever noticed that the, that the police leave you alone if you aren't doing anything illegal? <laughs> so Romans 13 verse 3, and I'm going to read from the New International easy to read version or something, N-I-R-V, whatever that is. I don't know what it is, but it words it a little bit different, but better for this message. It's, it's an international revised version. 
Okay. All right. Uh, if you do what is right, you won't need to be afraid of your rulers. But watch out if you do what is wrong. If you don't want to be afraid of those in authority, you don't want to be afraid of, of those in authority, do you? No, I don't. Then do what is right. The one in authority will praise you. So I have no issue with this. I have no problem. You know, uh, I've always had respect for authority. I, I've never had an issue in my 59 years of with the police, um, especially you know, like state police. They are respectful. They are. Uh, they uh, they treat you with respect. I did have an issue with a um, one time, long time ago, with a park ranger. <laughs> now you can imagine, you know, you give a little guy like a park ranger some authority, <laughs> and I it goes to their head. I can guarantee you that. And uh, because my license had expired, driver's license, and I showed it to him and. Of course, I'm on this fancy Corvette. He probably didn't like that either. His salary wasn't paid for that, you know. Uh, but uh, he looks at my, he says, don't you know when your birthday is? You, know, you let this thing expire. You, you know, you're, you're, too, you're too dumb to know when your birthday is. He was just sarcastic, you know. But uh, as far as, you know, authority, state police, you know, just never had any problem with him at all. Romans 13 and verse 4, he serves God and will do you good. But if you do wrong, watch out. The ruler doesn't carry a sword for no reason at all. He serves God. And God is carrying out his anger through him. The ruler punishes anyone who does wrong. So again, civil authority, you know, just no issue whatsoever that I have with, with you know, submitting to that type of, 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 of government. Verse 5, you must obey the authorities, then you, will be then you will not be punished. You must also obey them because you know it's the right thing to do. And again, I come back to, have you ever noticed that the law leaves you along if you aren't doing anything wrong? Illegal. Now, maybe I'm not perfect in this area. I don't think any of us are. I don't always wear my seatbelt. You know, I found that seatbelts don't work on a motorcycle. It's just... <laughs> Just, just, yeah. It's just something about that that, I, that I'm, I'm doing this willingly, riding this device at 60 miles an hour, and I know what happens if I hit a tree. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, our, our the civil authority. If if you steal, they punish people. If you kill, they punish people. If you're you know, if you're one of these guys that go around, don't know how to put this churchy. Um, uh, Laura Schlesinger referred to them as sperm donors. Uh, you know, and you're just, you know, you're out there, and you're a guy, and you're getting this girl pregnant, that girl pregnant, and you're not pulling up your pants, literally, and, and, and you're not accepting responsibility. Well, our, our, you know, government would come along and say, look, you, you've, you need to accept responsibility. You've you got to pay child support. You cannot engender just child after child after child after child and leave that woman along. Is, is that a good law? I mean, I, I think it is. I mean, it, it's accepting, forcing people to accept responsibility. Government spending, you know, examples would include road and infrastructure, repairs, national defense, school, health care, 
government worker salaries. Now, I know we can talk about the corruption and how the money is spent till the cows come home. And, and, and yes, I know it's, 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 it's alpha and out of control in, in areas. We could argue about that forever. But Romans 13, verse 6 says this. This also is why you pay taxes. The authorities serve God. Ruling takes up their time. Because somebody's got to do it. All right. Give to everyone what you owe. Do you owe taxes? Pay them. Do you owe anything else to the government? Then pay it. Do you owe respect? Then give it. Do you owe honor? Well, then show it. No problem with this whatsoever. So, um, the Gettysburg Address, uh, Abraham Lincoln said this after the Civil War. He said, these, that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. And you know, in a perfect world, this would work good. <laughs> Uh, a people, you know, uh, a government of the people, by the people, for the people. But we don't live in a perfect world. We know that government can become corrupted. The character of leaders can become corrupted. How would you know? How would you know when they do become corrupted? You know, how, how could you tell? <laughs> yeah, for those who didn't hear that on the tape program, I mean, the CD said $3.50 a gallon for gasoline. Okay. Uh, I think it was Dave Haver that said this. That sometimes civil authorities fight evil. At other times, civil authorities perform the evil in society. So what do, you, what do we have to have to discern all this? Well, I think there's seven things. I had to make it seven points, of course. Seven, you know, perfection, whatever, seven points. We got seven points here. That's a biblical thing, you know, seven points. All right. You got to have wisdom. What is wisdom? You know, you got to have judgment. You got to be a, the willingness to judge these, what you see happen before you. You got to have character to yourself because if you don't have that, you're probably not going to be able to judge anything. I think you got to know a little bit about history. Not a, maybe not a whole lot, but a little bit about how history re repeats itself. Uh, Got to know your Bible. Know your Bible. Um, number six, God must for come first. That's another good point. And seven, prayer. You know, pray the eyes of my heart be open, Lord. I think these are critical. Okay, number one, that was wisdom. Two, judgment. Three, character. Four, knowing history. Five, know your Bible. Six, God must come first. Seven, prayer. You know, some of the Jews got out of Germany before they, the hammer came down. You think about it. Now, what gave them that wisdom to do that? How did they know? Most did not know. But some did. And which is a powerful concept. So we come to Romans 13, verse 2. Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinances of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Okay, I'm going to go through five examples from the Bible of people resisting authority. Five examples of people in the Bible resisting authority. Number one, Moses' mother resisted Pharaoh. She hid Moses for three months. Uh, and Pharaoh charged all his people. This is, this is a reference, Exodus 1 and verse 22. Mayro, uh, Mayro. 
I, I named him differently. I liked his na name better as Pharaoh, but instead of Pharaoh. Okay, Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Imagine a, a, a king, a Pharaoh, a government, or something coming down with, with something like this. Would you know it's wrong? Well, of course you would, <laughs> if you know anything about the Word of God. The midwives, I love this story, Exodus 1 and verse 17, but the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men, children alive. What were they doing? Resisting government, resisting the powers that be. Rahab resisted the king of Jericho. Joshua 2 and verse 3, and the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that come to thee, which are entered into your house, for they be come to search out the land. And the, women, and the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, There came men unto me, but I don't know where they were or where they are. Let me spell that out for you. She lied. Okay. <laughs> Rahab's going to be in the Hero Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11. You know, there, there's a lot of things that occur in the Bible that we wouldn't call Christian. You know, or at least a lot of Christians wouldn't call Christian, you know. Uh, David was fearful of king, the king of Gath. He pretended to be a crazy man. Now, I've never done that yet. Uh, <laughs> but he, he was drooling and his spit was running down his beard. Can you imagine that, what that looked like? Yeah, pleaded insanity. That's a good, good one. Pleaded insanity. But, but literally, that's what he did. Uh, uh, pretended to be crazy. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego resisted. Nebuchadnezzar made a golden image. And uh, at a certain time of the day, you must fall down and worship this image. And, and guess who didn't do that? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, and, and of course, the, now the people. The people, and these, these probably are some of your friends here, turned in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Probably some of your best friends right beside you. You never know who would do this to you. Uh, and it enraged the king. Oh, man. And then the king said, look, I'm going to give you one more chance. And so Daniel 3 and verse 17 said, if it be so, now this is their response back to the king. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And we will deliver, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, and now, now this is, man, you're talking about some faith. This is, okay, I may die, I may not die. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image which you have set up. You talk about resisting the powers that be. This is face to face. Okay. Face to face. Joseph, Mary, and Christ escaped to Egypt. Matthew 2 and verse 13. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream and saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring you word. For Herod shall seek the young child to destroy him. And you know the story in the Matthew 2 and verse 17. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceedingly angry and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and all the coast thereof from two years old and under. 
according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise man. Can you, can, can you wrap your minds around that? That kind of cruelty of snatching a child away from its mother and father. No, that's a good point. It's a good point. Now consider this. Are all leaders servants of God for good? Well, we read that back in you know Romans, but no, no, they're not. You have to have the wisdom to know the difference. You have to have the wisdom and the judgment to know the difference. Are all leaders servants of God for good? Peter and John resisted the council. The council commanded Peter and John to avoid speaking about the Son of God. You know, no more of this. You can't talk about <laughs> your religion. You can't talk about the Son of God. They resisted the council. They commanded again. Don't be doing this. Don't be talking about that name. They resisted again. Second time. Acts 5 and verse 28. Pick up in the middle of the story. Saying, did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, now here, here's one of the points, seven points. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Man. And there's your powerful statement. That's a powerful statement right there. So the question is, when do we, when do we okay, obey government? When do we obey God, uh, a God over government? Uh, again, I just want to mention that we look at Romans 13 as an absolute statement of blind obedience. We could get in trouble. We read about the worshiping of the mark of the beast, something that, that, that is coming. As I said, sometimes civil authorities fight evil. At other times, civil authorities perform the evil. Revelation 14 and verse 9 tells us an event that is in the future. We don't know how far out there, but it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. And a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, and of course there's all kinds of speculation about what that is. I don't know what it is. Uh, I think as you near nearer to that time, you will understand what it is, exactly what it is. But the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his in indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. So I want to, again, conclude with the, the seven points. And I'll put, I'm going to reorder them now. Um, number one, pray prayer for discernment. Jesus said, watch you therefore and pray. Always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of God. That's Luke 21 and verse 36. So there's a danger of not standing. And you want to be just leery, a little bit leery of just absolute, you know, what I call blind obedience. Two, always put God first. We ought to obey God rather than man. That's a powerful statement. Three, know your Bible. Four, know your history. 
that history repeats itself. And the last three was wisdom, judgment, and character. And you're speaking of the subject of wisdom. You know, there's a proverb, Proverbs 22 and verse 3. says, a prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. You know, we don't want to be a, a simple, a simpleton, a simple man. We want to be able to see what's going on. And a prudent man foresees the evil. It's coming down the pike. It's coming before us. It's upon us, whatever. And hides himself. You know, maybe a time to do that. Maybe a time to shut up. <laughs> you know, get out of the way. <laughs> Hide yourself. So, what I want to leave you with about this issue and this subject is, is really what I'm trying to say is to think for yourself in this area. To think for yourself. I cannot give you, you know, an absolute right answer for you personally. You have to face that and be willing to think for yourself. So often as Christians, it's like, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do and so I can do it and not think. No, I, I, well, I can tell you to think. I can, I can tell you what to do. Think for yourself. <laughs> so pray for discernment. God first. Know your Bible. Know your history. Repeat. It, know that history repeats itself. Wisdom. Judgment and character. And we do these things. I think you can never go wrong. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.